Hi, and welcome to the Spell It Out podcast. My name is Jessica Zweep. I'm the owner of Spell Fitness, an online health and fitness coaching program designed to help women who have tried everything and are tired of spinning their wheels and wasting their time find food freedom and navigate this busy, crazy, awesome ride called life. Here we're going to discuss food, fitness, faith, family, and hopefully have a little fun along the way. I'm so glad you're here and I can't wait to get talking with you. Hello and welcome back to the Spell It Out podcast. Um, Today we're going to talk about something a little different and I honestly am a little nervous because I feel like whenever I open like Pandora's box with certain topics, the devil loves to come after me in whatever area it is that I'm kind of speaking to. Um, So hopefully all of you are all right with me starting this podcast with a little prayer, Um, just asking that the Holy Spirit would edit what it is that we're going to talk about today. So Lord, I just ask that you take over my mouth, that the motives of my heart are pure, and that the conversation that we have today is one that is glorifying to you. I just ask that anyone and everyone listening to this episode today would come away um, without any pride, that they would be able to examine themselves, um, that I would examine myself in the relationships that we are in, and that we would be able to learn and grow and change and be transformed um, by the renewing of our minds and into becoming more of who you would have us to be. Please just protect my heart and my mind um, from any lies and attacks from the enemy, Lord. I just ask that you would just protect everyone listening to this and that what they would come away with would be um, pleasing and honoring to you. In your name I pray, amen. All right, so I told you when I started this podcast that it wasn't going to be just about fitness, that it would also talk about uh, family, faith, fitness, nutrition, all of those things. And so today we're going to take a little sidetrack. We've been talking about mindset and uh, discipline, those sorts of things. So today we're going to talk a little bit about marriage, and I am not a marriage expert. Um, I have been married for 15 years. Um, I have been with my husband for almost 17 years. I, I believe that we have a really good marriage. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's, you know, we've worked for it. We've fought for it. We have chosen each other and we make it a priority. I see a lot of, in my, in my coaching business, it's all women and I talk with a lot of women and I think that there's something really sweet about having a coach who is, knows you and also is kind of just outside of your normal, uh, everyday group of people that you share things with. Now, not every single one of my clients has gone through things, but just in a lot of interactions, and then actually I was listening to another podcast, I'll, the name of it is called, if I can pull it up, Unrelenting Pursuit, and I'll try to remember to tag them or put their account in the show notes, but they did one similar to this on 
critical or self-critical. And they talked a little bit about um, being critical and how being a criticizing spouse or having a criticizing spouse can make things really hard and how we just have become a critical society. And it just really struck me that it's so true. We just, we choose to see the negative, to speak the negative, to point out the negative, and it's not serving us well. So today we're going to talk a little bit about criticism and how it's not helping. It's not doing us any favors. And I have been, my husband has called me out on this point blank. I went through, there was probably a really long season in our marriage where he would have described it as being a nag and that I would just nag him. I would point out things that he was doing wrong. If he cleaned the kitchen, he didn't do it the way that I would do it. If he loaded the dishwasher, he wouldn't do it the way that I would do it. If he made the bed, it wasn't the same way that I would make the bed. If he tried to do something nice for me or buy me a gift or do something, I would I would complain about the money that he spent or that it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And I never gave him the benefit of the doubt and I never said thank you. And I am owning that and it was really hard to hear. Uh, and my knee-jerk reaction was probably to be defensive. But it is something that I am so thankful that he pointed out to me. I hope I don't get emotional talking about this. I'm so thankful that he called me out on it because I don't think we're called out on our crap enough. I think we have become a society of people who we don't want to offend each other. We don't want to hear the hard truth. We don't want to talk about uncomfortable things. And so we just avoid these hard conversations. And again, like in another episode, I talked about how's that working for you? It's not. It's not. So um, we're going to talk about complaining and criticizing. So I have notes today, so I don't get too sidetracked. But criticism affects self-esteem. Okay, there's a difference between telling your spouse something about them or something that they've done bothers you. But it's generally not a good idea to just critique the snot out of them, right? If you're constantly hearing about what you're doing wrong, it wears you down. It really wears you down. And people, I think for a while, they get defensive. And then to a, and then at a certain point, we give up. We give up on fighting back. We give up on standing up for ourselves. We retract and it is a slippery slope of despair. I'm sorry that I'm going to get emotional talking about this. This is something that I really... Um, I just see a lot of. So um, it affects your self-esteem. Um, it's ineffective. Rarely, if ever, does nagging and critiquing and going after someone cause behavior change. Um, I think that it usually just causes the other person to get defensive and wall up instead of a heartfelt desire to change the way that they operate. I think it damages trust. Um, and I will tag, I will put in the show notes, there was an article where I got a lot of information about this. So I'll put that in there too. But, um, and it, I think initially it doesn't start out with bad intentions. I think we see things, we get more comfortable with each other. We feel like it's okay to call each other out on different things. You know, 
like I was talking about with the dishwasher or whatever. You get into a rhythm, you're tired, you feel safe with this person, and so then you just start to kind of like take the filter off, right? Oh, look at how you loaded this dishwasher. It's awful. Or, you know, you didn't park the car the way that you were supposed to, or you left your shoes in front of the door. Why can't you put your socks in the laundry basket? And it's not that we necessarily even think that we're doing it. We just start to do it and it just starts to become our narrative. And we don't even, we're not even aware of it. Um, But it's damaging trust. When you don't feel like your emotions or your general, um, what's the word I want to use? I feel like well-being is maybe a little too extreme, but when you don't feel like the other person really has your back or thinks highly of you, you don't trust them. You start, that trust starts to wane away. You don't feel like they have your back. Um, I mean, if it really goes on for a long time, I think it can become abusive. You start to put that other person down to kind of keep them under your thumb Um, And it violates the basic needs of how God designed marriage to be. And that is something that I know sounds so Christianese and it's such a platitude. But are we modeling our marriages after the way the Bible says to do it? Christ treated the church as his bride. He sacrificed himself for her. I don't know if there's any husbands listening to this or not, but is that the way that you are treating your wife? That you are sacrificing, that you would give your life for her, your body for her, your creature comforts, your your schedule, your desires, all of that, that you would just sacrifice for her? And then the other way, the church loves the Lord. We serve, we give of our time and our energy to uplift and support and build up our husbands and we have moved away so much from that design um so i think when you have gotten into an overly critical mindset um and and habit it violates those basic needs there's an there's an old book i don't even know if i have it i I record these podcasts sitting in my closet and i have like a huge bookshelf so it's It's kind of debatable, but the title of it is called Love and Respect. And the basic idea is that women need to feel loved. They need to feel loved and safe, that their husbands love them and appreciate them. And men need to feel respected. They need to know that their wives view them as as capable to provide, that they are appreciated, that their work is noticed. And when there's an overabundance of criticism in that relationship, one or both people feel both disrespected and unloved. Um, so this article talked about a different like signs of criticism or that, that you are critical. Um, and it was really convicting to me. And I'm trying, again, not to be emotional, but also um, just speaking broadly, right? That it's something that I have been really guilty of in the past. And I'm maybe hyper aware of it now. Um, but I just thought it was ironic that I came across this other podcast episode and started my own and thought, you know what? I can talk to people about this too. So, oh, sorry. So signs of being critical. If do you frequently tell the other person things that you don't like about them? Are you sarcastically insulting in front of your kids? Uh, when you are out with other people or your spouse is within like they can hear what you're saying, 
Do you mock or complain about your spouse to other people? Um, are you annoyed by just about everything that they do? The way that they breathe, the way that they walk, the way that they talk or chew or something like that. Is, does it feel like there's a constant level of conflict? Um, are you never satisfied with the way things are done? No matter how hard that other person tries, it's never good enough. Are you offended if you don't get your way? If something comes up and it rocks your plans, you're offended. Um, do you feel like you're a perfectionist and you hold the other person to these standards without grace or understanding that they might do it a different way and that way is okay too? Are you easily insulted or offended? Um, do you make comments about other random people and their appearances or their choices? Um, do you rarely have anything positive to say? Are you kind of a Debbie Downer or a negative Nancy, a glass half empty kind of person? Um, and do you struggle to give compliments when you see your spouse doing something great, when they've done something well, when they've you know, achieved something great at work or completed a project or, you know, some other, something great, they did something great. Do you struggle? Is it hard to give compliments? And I looked through that list and it was like a gut punch for a couple of the things that I have been that in the past. And it was really eye-opening that I don't want to be that. I ha I love my husband and I want to encourage him. I want him to have full confidence in me that when I'm out uh, talking with other people that I am speaking well of him. Um, I'm sure that a lot of you are women, especially are familiar with the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's kind of like, again, it's like a Christianese thing. But it talks about her husband having full confidence in her. Um, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Uh, and that's because of his wife. That's because of how she speaks about him. So wives listening to this, you are powerful in the way that you fan the flames in your husband. Um, and then we kind of think about, well, why would someone be critical? Why would someone want to be like that? Why would someone be negative? And I don't think we even, I don't think anyone, I really don't think people go into a relationship or into life interactions wanting to be critical. Um, but I think sometimes we're really highly critical of ourselves. Uh, we maybe had really critical parents who held us to a really high, maybe even unattainable standard. And so we constantly are striving. Um, if you are someone who struggles with anxiety or you feel um, like you're not quite good enough, uh, maybe trying to bring other people down is just a coping mechanism that you've used or developed to kind of help you or me or whoever that someone has helped used to help um, navigate those uncomfortable emotions. Uh, some people just like to feel or need to feel a little bit more dominant and being overly critical kind of elicits that powerful feeling. Um, stress is huge uh, or, or big, heavy, hard 
life stuff. If we're dealing with hard emotions, criticizing other people can kind of distract us from whatever it is that we've got rolling around in our head that maybe we don't want to talk about, we're not ready to talk about, and so we just have this edge with, unfortunately, it seems to be more so with the person that we do life most intimately with. Uh, Sometimes it's just a bad habit. If you never learned how to communicate well, if you never learned how to give compliments, you you just don't know better. Um, Sometimes we critique people because we think we're trying to help them. We're trying to point out the things that they can do better, but it's coming out nasty. Um, And again, resentment or a past hurt can really have a big impact on how we communicate moving forward. If something unresolved or hard or big that's just that really cut deep is not ever dealt with, it's like a self-preservation thing to kind of go after or nitpick the other person. Um, And I could talk about this for a while, but I'm, I'm trying to keep these to right around 20 minutes. And I think the biggest thing that I just want to encourage people in, in this episode is God is powerful to change. And he is a God who desires for you to be filled with those fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And the way that you do that is to start doing it. You have to start doing it. And it might feel so awkward And we are so prideful and we don't want to admit when we are wrong. And I have learned that some of the best, gosh, I'm going to get emotional again. I have learned that some of the best growth and change and connection in my marriage has come when I have swallowed my pride. I may have felt so right, so justified in whatever it was that I was talking about. But when I take myself out of the equation and recognize that I hurt him by whatever it is that I said or did or didn't say or didn't do, and I own that and I give him that, it changes things more than me holding on to my rightness and my need to be correct and his, you know, error. Uh, Things don't progress when we're both dying on our hills. So... Communication is huge and someone has to start it. I think a lot of times we're like, we're so quick to be like, well, she's never going to talk about it. He's never going to talk about it. He's never going to change. She's never going to change. Well, you can, you can. Don't worry so much about what the other person is saying or doing or not saying or not doing. What are you doing? What are you saying? What are you doing? How are you reacting? How are you communicating? How are you talking and speaking and what are the conversations that you're having? So I think communication is huge. And I always joke sometimes that technology can be such a blessing. Um, because sometimes when we, my, mar- my marriage has survived and thrived on text message communication for a long time. Sometimes it's texting something or leaving a note that you can't react to instantly face to face 
that can make such a big difference. Also just picking the right moment, right? Pick up on the vibe, choose the right moment, and then resolve to be kind and loving and patient even if the other one isn't there yet. Don't demean them or resort to fighting and defending yourself. Come from a place of love and respect and a desire for a thriving marriage. It is the seasons that are hard, like what is that? How does it go about the valleys and the mountaintops, right? You walk through those dark valleys, but then when you are up on those mountaintops, it's beautiful and it's beautiful to be there together. So I just, I guess I'm just, I'm like shaking. I hate talk. I hate talking about stuff like this. I hate it, but I love it because I think that we need to talk about it more. So I think coming from a place of love and respect and resolving not to be defensive or right is huge. And also just extending the benefit of the doubt and choosing to believe the best. Even if it's not always there or true, it's in there somewhere. And whether you can't even see it or they can't even see it, choosing to believe the best about the other person is huge. Ask questions about what you can do. And and then take that prayerfully with a grain of salt because I know people can be cutting and awful to each other. And I just, I want to encourage you to hear, receive it, and then also hold it up against what the Lord says about you because that is the ultimate truth, okay? Um, ask questions about what you can do to help make things function better. Don't just come into a conversation telling them what they're doing wrong and how they need to change. And I think also being sensitive to any insecurities or struggles that the other person is having, even if there's things that we don't understand or agree with or think are silly or really, that's what you're that's what you're stressed about. That's what you're mad about. That's what you're dealing with. Like, yes, it is. And those are real feelings to them that you need to really handle with care. I'm going to say that again. Be sensitive to any insecurities or struggles that the other person is having, even if you don't understand or agree with them. That is true to them and that needs to be handled with care. I think that's something that we forget a lot that's dumb, that's silly, you're being ridiculous, you're overly sensitive, stop that. I'm, this is me being kind of bossy, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, those are real. That's a real thing. And even if it's something that is so foreign to you, that makes no sense to you, I can remember being like, for example, postpartum, your hormones are all over the place. Everything feels hard. It doesn't make sense. When you come out of it on the other side, you're like, why was I crying about laundry? Or why was I crying about, you know, having a coffee stain on my shirt or whatever? It's crazy things. But in the moment, it was really that was really hard and it was really stressful and it really mattered that someone was like, okay, that's hard. I'm going to give you a hug now and everything's going to be okay. Or if it's a work situation that maybe seems trivial to you, um, or, you know, you should just be able to get over that. It still is real and it still needs to be cared for. Um, so I think just what I really want to 
I want for people to take away from this is that the way that you talk and the way that you react to the other person is so huge. It's so powerful. Our words are so powerful. And we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about this in a lot of other episodes because I think we talk to ourselves in some negative ways that are not helpful. Also, we tend to criticize and critique ourselves and we hold ourselves to these really hard, almost impossible standards that no one can live up to. And it's just, we just beat ourselves down. And then we start to get into these I, I mean, I would call it habit loops where I've just always talked to that person this way. We've just always bickered. We've just, I've always nagged him. I've always criticized him. I've always kind of made fun of him with my friends or whatever and, or vice versa. Like the husband does the same thing, right? I just always kind of complain about her. I always kind of nag her. I always kind of tell her she's lazy. It's just whatever. But those little digs, it's like... What is that song in that Disney movie with the Encanto where she, it's the drip, 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 that'll never stop. And that's what breaks people down uh, over time. And it, and it erodes those walls of trust and it damages communication and it, and it takes away the ability to feel safe. But like I said, God is a God of restoration. And so when we are prayerful in, in in taking the plank out of our eye, the log out of our eye, right? And choosing to see where we have been wrong. I think that he is really faithful to soften hearts and give us the right words. Um, so again, I have been shaking through this entire episode because I just feel like it's something that is gonna like, it's like I said, it's like opening, it's like, a, it, you know, taking the, the plug out of the dam and and it opens a whole vault of things because a lot of people go through a lot of things behind you know within the four walls of their house and i want to encourage you that you are not alone that every marriage struggles that every couple has seasons that are not great but we you and me we are capable of changing the trajectory of things that we don't think are going well. And so I just want to encourage you, um, especially I just feel like probably more women are going to listen to this than men, that the way that you season the words in your home and in your marriage matter. Build him up. Choose to see the good, even if it's the smallest, tiniest speck of good. And it's like, so small. See it. Call it out. Lift it up. Choose to acknowledge it. Uh, because like I talked about in the other episode, <coughs> excuse me, um, how's that working for you? And if it's, if it's working for you and you feel like things are great, then by all means, skip this episode. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it's broke, if it's broke, it can be fixed. So I'm just going to close again with prayer because I feel like it is really, this is, this is, um, these are the subjects that make me kind of sick to my stomach and nervous when I talk about them, but I also feel like the Lord puts them on my heart and then kind of plops a bunch of <laughs> resources or 
articles or podcasts or Instagram reels in my lap that all kind of align with it. And so I'm, I'm trying not to ignore those things because who knows who needs to hear them. And honestly, the posts, like the Instagram posts that I've made that were really hard and vulnerable were the ones that I got the most feedback of. Thank you. That was exactly what I needed to hear. Um, so first I'm going to read that Proverbs 31 woman uh, passage. And this again speaks really to wives. So if you're a husband listening to this, I don't want you to take this passage and then go and shove it in her face. I want you to season your words kindly, to give her the benefit of the doubt, to give her a hug and tell her that she's doing a good job. Um, so a wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She collects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the die staff and grasps the spindle with her fingers and opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at all the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. That's a really impossible standard. No one ever lived up to it. But I think it's good to have goals. So what are the goals that you have for your marriage and what are you doing to see them through? And I'm just going to pray for us and hope that the Lord can use this and that, oh, that nothing was offensive or out of context. Lord, thank you for this space. Thank you for this avenue of communication. I just ask that whoever is listening to this that needed to hear anything about this subject, that it was encouraging and empowering and truth from you. I just ask that you would help everyone listening to this to see the best, to speak the best about their spouses, Lord. Help them to just see the good. Help them to speak over that good and to and to fan those flames of goodness so that the not so good burns off, that it falls to the wayside. Um, I just ask that you bless all of the marriages that are involved in this podcast. Lord, bless mine. Protect it, please. Um, be with those who um, are struggling and those who are not. Um, I ask that you would bring them together so that there can be encouragement and hope felt throughout. Uh, thank you for this time and thank you for all of the little ears, little ears, not like their children, but thank you for all of the little ways and the places that this will be heard. I just ask that it would be a blessing. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, this one got a little long. I apologize. Um, if you feel like this is something that someone could hear and benefit from, please share it. Um, if you're like, you need to stop talking about that, please let me know gently. Um, I'm a delicate flower, so don't, don't come at me too hard. But I appreciate you listening, and I will catch you on the next one.